Welcome to the Camera Therapy Podcast. I'm Damien. And I'm Aline. Hey guys. Hey guys. Oh. <laughs> Drinks, you owe me a kiss. Oh. Welcome to the Camera Therapy Podcast. I'm not going to introduce myself. You already know who it is. This is Damien. This is Aline. And today we're going to be talking about workspaces and how you can design it to work more efficiently be more comfortable and i'm not necessarily just talking about the workspace that you create in your mama's basement Um, i'm also talking about the workspace that you may be mobile you might be out in public Um, so i'm gonna share a bit of both i'm gonna share some stories i'm gonna make some tips some things i learned that could save you money time and may save your back because your back is all you got you know what i mean you're the only one who's got your own back. Exactly. So let's get into it. Currently, right now, I do. I'm working. I'm living that basement life where I got my big monitor and a desk and all that fun stuff. Can I just Over- clarify that you don't yeah. live in a basement for the listeners? Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't live in a basement. I live in a house, but my office is in the basement. So it's much better. This is this is I do this so that, you know, when we record this podcast, you guys don't hear kids screaming like they're getting gutted. So um, also no knock on anybody lives in a basement. I've done it as well. I've had to live in a basement. I didn't enjoy it, um, but mm-hmm. we all start somewhere. Yeah, I was in a basement apartment for 18 years and, you know, you got to start somewhere. But if I had it my way, if you can, guys, I would try to get a room that is full of light. It kind of just ups your mood a bit, but if you're living that that basement dungeon life, um, you know, it is what it is. But uh, if you can't get yourself in a room with good lighting, um, I think it will kind of change your mood a little bit. And yeah, I guess that's the first point I made. Lighting is everything. Um, make sure, if anything, guys, you guys have good lighting. Um, create Lighting really kind of changes the mood. If you have lighting that makes you feel relaxed, comfy, cozy, that kind of thing. Um, even something as small as like a salt lamp. Like salt lamps kind of like... Um, I know some people when they get salt lamps, they say it relaxes you or it does something like... I don't even remember what it is. You probably know better than I would about that. Do you know why? Because I'm a hippie? Ah, uh, just kind of, you know, but I love my hippies. That's why you're here, right? I've heard about the salt lamp thing, but I've also, because I'm into like the science things, um, I feel like I've heard the counter where salt lamps have nothing. They don't really do anything and it's just placebo. So I don't know. But my opinion is if a placebo works, it works. If you're in a basement and you're trying to figure out one thing that I think kind of sets the mood is the walls, um, the paint on the walls. One thing I'd say if you're in a basement, try to keep them white. Um, when you start throwing dark colors into the mix when you're already in a dark room, it kind of makes you feel more closed in than you were before. Uh, the one other color that I'll make an exception for that kind of makes me feel calm is blue. Um, blue, like a darker like shade of blue, kind of makes me feel a bit more comfortable and open-minded and relaxed. Professional colorists and... I guess by nature, also editors recommend a very specific shade of gray in your walls um, because your eyes need something neutral when you're color grading. If you guys are familiar with uh, middle gray, um, it's basically that same thing, but on your walls. So if you go into a professional color grading suite or even an editor, it's easier on your eyes um, from a technical scientific point of view. Uh, you need that middle gray to make sure you're not um, seeing something that's weird. You don't want to be sitting in orange lighting 
Uh, you don't want to be sitting in blue lighting. You want something that's very neutral so that you can work effectively and efficiently. All right, so I take back my statement on blue, y'all. Aline just hit you guys with the facts. <laughs> hey, though, blue is great. Uh, blue can be calming. Um, even red can be calming. Like, there's science behind it. Like, uh, I think it's longer wavelengths are more calming. Um, but yeah, they can be calming, and it's great if you're just starting out. Do whatever you want. Um, but if you're trying to go into the more, like, professional color grading side of editing, you want to look into doing that middle gray paint on your walls. But... Again, I don't know anybody who actually does that. It's a very high-end professional thing because not everybody has the luxury to paint their own room, you know? What's wild is actually I was thinking of painting the wall behind my computer gray, so you're kind of on the ball with that. Yeah. That's pretty much what I was thinking of doing. Blue calms my nerves, makes me comfortable. Kind of reminds me of my twin brother. He's like the mellow hippie version of me. His color was blue, so I think that's why it does that for me, but... I would say based on what Aline just said, if we're talking from a technical standpoint, then I would definitely go with uh, with the gray. If you guys can, make sure your room has a great amount of light for the health of your eyes and just to keep you feeling good. Me personally, over the course of editing for about eight years and color grading and just totally just like editing in the dark because I think it's going to make my horror film more spooky for me when I'm editing. Don't do that. Make sure you guys have sufficient lighting, even if you're in a basement, because you want your you want to be good to your eyes it's all you've got in this industry and at this point i used to edit on a 15 inch macbook pro and aline seen my monitor it's pretty much the size of a tv and it's not a tv <laughs> it's bigger than most people's tvs oh my god it's 43 inches it's huge i don't yeah. even think i think the tv i have in this living room right now is 43 inches oh my so gosh. it's as big as a tv guys it's a 43-inch uh, LG 4K IPS panel, so it's uh, it's not a game. It's it's a nice monitor. It's good for the price. If you guys are looking for a good monitor that's bigger and still kind of budget-friendly, this mo if you're in the States, I don't know how much it is, but in Canada, it's like a grand for this monitor, and it's a really good... It's it's a big monitor. You won't have trouble seeing things, and it's, it's nice to edit on, guys. Color grading is very easy on my eyes, and I could sit here for hours on end, and I'm kind of good. Yeah, and I guess in that way, you don't even need two monitors because you can split your screen up and basically two monitors set up, right? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the two monitor setup because then you're like bending your neck back and forth. And I don't like the idea of that. So that's why I like having this one massive monitor and I can pretty much fit everything on it and see it really clearly. A lot of people are going that way. I know some editors who have like this widescreen ultra curved display and it's kind of like around the same size as yours, I think, around 40 something inches. And it's great because if you guys know how timelines look, like they're very long and you have to like keep scrolling back and forth or zooming in to work on stuff. But a monitor like that is great because it fits the shape of a timeline, which is very long. This is all to say they experiment with what works for you. I use a dual monitor setup when I can, even on the go. I'm, I'm the spoiled kid who edits on Apple. So I use the MacBook Pro with a iPad and they've gotten really good to the point where you can use your iPad as a second monitor now and there's no lag or anything. It's great to work on the go and it gives you that extra bit of space if you need more space on your main monitor and then you can just put like the program or the output on the iPad so you can just look at that for your full screen edit and see how that's coming along. I love working that way. 
Yes, and this one, this point I'm going to make too is kind of random, but I would say get a nice carpet underneath your feet um, if you're inside your home. One thing I hate is like trying to edit and I'm not like comfy, comfy, cozy. I'm that person who's got like a crap load of blankets. Like right now I have a robe on and a blanket surrounding me, but that might just be me. But I would say if you like to be cozy and you're going to be sitting there for a while, get a nice carpet, a fuzzy carpet under your feet. Um, you can also get this cool little footstool off Amazon that elevates your your feet a bit so you can put your feet on that so you can get a footstool or you or you can also if you guys want to be if you go to Walmart they have anti-fatigue mats so if you don't like the elevation feature then you could just get an anti-fatigue mat and it's just a mat that's like cushiony uh, so that your feet are not just directly on like the hard flo hardwood floor kind of thing I can vouch for that. If I ever work from home, I love having a standing desk set up. I've recently moved into a new place, so I haven't been able to set that up yet, but the moment I do, that is crucial because I'm gonna, if I'm gonna be standing, I need that anti-fatigue mat to help prolong how long I'm gonna be on my feet for. I love that point. I've actually never used a stand-up desk, but I know a lot of video editors use it just to kind of mix it up. So I know some people, what they'll do is they'll do half their day editing, sitting down, and then half the rest of the day they'll do standing up. So sometimes I come to edit and I just have so much energy that I can't stand the idea of sitting down. So I think that's a really good option. I don't currently do that but i think if you can and you haven't uh, paid for anything yet i would consider the standing desk option if you can if you can and i've got an apple watch so it always tells me to stand up once every hour oh that's nice yeah i'm spoiled i, I have a girlfriend she just yells at me and tells me nice that works too cost effective that works <laughs> it's cost effective. no or or i could say they kind of cost the same Oh, not really, because girlfriends are not definitely not cost-effective. So, I mean, if you look at it from an investment <laughs> what I, the, standpoint. What I'm trying to say is they're probably both expensive. <laughs> Very good point. Another thing I want to talk about, guys, is chairs. Your chair, The chair that you sit in is a big component of your comfort as well. Aline knows me, man. I've been through so many chairs, it's not even funny. The one chair that a lot of people talk about... It's this one chair from Ikea. It's called the Marcus chair. I bought it. I used it for like a year. I hated it. I would constantly get really bad lower back pain from it. The base of the seat where you put your bum on is, for me, I have long legs. My legs would hang off the chair too much. So it just didn't really accompany my body very well, to be honest with you. The chair that I ended up getting after going through like three or four chairs, the chairs that end up the chair that ended up working for me is called a Dewink. Uh, Dewinks. It's spelled D-O-W-I-N-X. It's on Amazon. It's a gaming chair. I know a lot of people. You know, when they think about their office, they want some people want something that looks more style, stylistic, like it looks more classy, that kind of thing. I was one of those people before. My girlfriend would be on my ass about it, like, I don't like to look at your chair. But honestly, at the end of the day, you're spending like eight hours in this chair. And if you're working full time, you need to be comfortable. So I ended up getting a gaming chair. I literally don't game at all at my desk. I literally just edit. But I can tell you the base of this chair. This chair is made to be sitting in it for a long time. It even has a it even had a massaging feature that comes with it. I don't really use it, but just to goes to show you that this chair is made for you to be comfortable in. I've had it for over a year now and it's been great. So 
Um, if you're asking me, I would go for a gaming chair. The one that I just mentioned to you, the Dewinks or Dowinks, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, it's decently priced for a gaming chair. I think it's like 200. If you get, if you look like on Black Friday or around the time when there's sales, you can get it for a really good price. Um, I know there's a lot of other gaming chairs out there that can easily run you like 500 bucks but you know check reviews see what people are saying and you could probably find one for a decent price or you can go balls to the wall and get something that's a bit more pricey and you just know what you're gonna get yeah and if we want i think we should probably add a link in the show notes or even on instagram for people to be able to quickly find it no problem yeah i'll definitely do that do you have any, what what have you used in the past for chairs? Like, I know now you're more mobile, but like when you, I know Honestly, you had a. I've never had a proper office chair ever. Um, I've just kind of used what I've got. And I also try to stand as much as possible, but I do have ones that I want to get one day, but they're just super expensive. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of the company Hawthorne, but they make really expensive office chairs. They're super ergonomic, and if I was to have one, that's what I would get. I was able to test one out one day, and oh, they're just luxury, but they're so expensive. But because most of my work is done mobile and I'm mostly standing, it's never really been an issue. That's just how I stay healthy. Um, I try not to sit as much as possible. It's funny. All the equipment that Aleem wants is so expensive. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. I'm the bougie one on the podcast. But he's actually not because then he's the same person that's like more minimalistic with his approach. So like this is true. But I guess you could say it's I buy little, but when I buy it, I go big. Another little thing while I was on the topic of Amazon, another thing that would highly I highly recommend getting that's actually not too expensive is a mouse pad. So I have this mouse pad and it's literally like almost the size of my desk. It's massive. It's this one mouse pad that you can literally put your keyboard on and your mouse and it covers all of that space and more. Um, The reason why I love this mouse pad is because the one thing I would hate is putting your hands on a keyboard and then your the rest of your hand is like sitting on a cold desk. This mouse pad is nice and cushiony so that when you're the rest of your wrist is on the mouse pad it like your wrist doesn't start to ache and even if you do decide to take your hand off the keyboard it's comfy it's cozy and it's not like cold or uncomfortable or gives you like aches in your hand i think it's also a good idea this is something i agree with don't download games on your work machine i had to d- uninstall the games off my work machines um, this includes my ipad and my phone because i consider them to be my work machines and it helps a lot it's easy for you to get distracted. Um, distractions can be good too, like if you're mindful of them, but don't, it's just not a good idea if you don't have good self-control. Like just make it easier on yourself and get rid of them. Me and me and Aline, there was a period of time where me and Aline used to play PUBG a bit. Yep. We were we were absolutely terrible at the game. I'm just saying that right now. We didn't win nothing. I don't what even are you think talking we about? Made... We chicken dinnered so often. I'm not talking about on the phone. I'm talking about like on the computer when you and I download. Oh, on the computer. right. The computer one's harder. Yeah. The phone one. Yo, we used to eat people's food. Yeah. We should do that again. I miss doing that. No, we can't. We have to keep it off our phones. Oh my gosh, man. Every time okay. this guy tells me to download a game, I'm like, but now I'm going to get addicted. Yo, he gets so addicted and he'll text me and be like, Damon, I can't control myself. <laughs> I'm down. I'm I'm uninstalling. He'll just hit me up. He's like, "Yeah, do you want to play?" And I'm like, "I already deleted it." 
There's like no in between with you when it comes to a game. As soon as you're like introduced to it, you're like hooked. Yeah, I love games. What can I say? They're great. I love games too. It's like the worst thing for me. So yeah, just to kind of further um, encourage that that idea, don't download games on your computer. Um, yeah. Kind of keep your workspace for work. Get a PlayStation or something and put that thing upstairs so that you don't get distracted or feel the need to kind of jump in and out of games. Try to keep yourself off YouTube and stuff like that. Don't have that stuff just open. Uh, yeah, that's a really good point. I actually uninstalled YouTube recently off my phone too. I noticed I'd be watching that for hours and I'm like, this is not good. And I just deleted it. Yeah, and that's another thing. If you have a big screen, don't use half the screen to watch something while you work. I know some people do that. If you can do that, all power to you. I know some people will watch Netflix while they work. I would say if you're going to listen to music, listen to music when you're like color grading and stuff like that. But I wouldn't listen to music while you're trying to do like audio or trying to really focus on calling through footage. That's just my two cents. Maybe you could, depends on your perspective of what you're calling through. Yeah, I love listening to music while I work. So anytime I'm in a part of the edit phase where I can't because you have to listen to the to the edit. I kind of get into a bad mood and I'm like, I don't want to listen to this. Um, I don't know if you have the same thing, but I'm like, I just love being able to just throw on some music and be productive. It's the best feeling. I totally feel that. Another thing I want to say to you guys is the less on your desk is better. Besides my mouse pad, my mouse, my keyboard, and this matcha green tea that I'm drinking, I don't really have anything else on my desk. Oh, and the salt lamp. I try to keep it very open and just very clear if you guys want to work with a clear mind it's better to have things clean around you when you can have things clean around you it's just easier to focus i find and just easier to think with an open mind so i would keep your area nice and clean don't have papers and memory cards and everything just scrambled around your desk yes i'm talking to you whoever's listening to this and you know i'm talking to you i would say try to keep your desk area clean it will help you like just work yeah and to kind of make this advice suit everybody i'll frame it in a way where even if tidy isn't your thing and you prefer things to be a bit more scattered what's important is to make a system if your system involves things being all over the place and that's just more efficient for you just find a system and stick to it because um, that's that consistency will just help you get into the works headspace faster and stay there the less time you have to start something or the less I guess, friction you have when you are trying to start a task, the easier it'll be. And if for you, if that means having everything out, fine, but figure that out for yourself. Um, but if it's for you, if it's just having everything tucked away, do that. Um, just find what creates less friction for you. Yes. And I was, okay, so I guess I put this point here. So when I was researching, researching salt lamps, they said that it helps with anxiety. Um, it's not a fact, but there's that. Um, that's just kind of something I saw, but I don't know if it's true or not. It might but, be. Um, People, yeah. there's there's so many things we don't know. And my whole thing is if it works, it works. Like if you feel less anxious, don't let someone tell you it's not working. I feel like that's kind of just stupid. Yeah, it's like a nightlight. <laughs> yeah, like it's comforting. And lighting itself can be very therapeutic. Yeah, definitely. And just a vibe, you know? If you guys, um, if you're like me where you guys have bad eyesight, there's a uh, blue light glasses. Do you understand blue light glasses or like the science behind it? Like, yeah. It, like... So, the blue light, um, ironically, because you just said that blue light is calming to you. Blue light, a certain wavelength of it that's emitted through our devices, 
helps our brain stay more awake and alert. You, 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 you described it as a calming effect, but in technical terms, it's actually keeping you more alert and awake. It's probably just not doing it in a way where like you're getting anxiety, but that's what blue light glasses are. They're blocking out certain wavelengths from hitting your eyes. And that's the same thing that happens if your phone has a night mode on. It basically takes that blue light down and introduces more warm lighting. And when, when you have more warm lighting, whether that's in your home or emitted through your devices, that just helps your brain and your eyes relax just so ever so slightly that you're able to now get into a state of calm and sleep is easier. But that's basically how it works. They're blocking wavelengths. With that said, is, does it help like with eye strain or like just, I guess, in terms of like fatigue on your eyes? There's a lot of conflicting data about it. Some places say that it does nothing. Other people claim otherwise. And it's kind of starting to sound like the salt lamp thing where we don't know the hard data on this. There's too, It's too new for people to be getting, I guess, definitive results. Um, some people claim it helps them and others say it doesn't do anything. I think at the end of the day, all of our bodies are slightly different and we also have different sensitivities to things. So try it. If it works for you, it's great. Um, there was a great company you used to get your blue light glasses. I think that was a great, um, a great I place for direct. people to experience. Yeah, they're, they're affordable and you can get a lot of pairs with a lot of different frame sizes and... Just test it out, see if it works. And a lot of these places have trial periods too. Yeah, and they have good return policies too in case you guys are not happy with what you got. So I don't know if you guys heard me a second ago, but it's iBuyDirect. Um, you can order online. And I ordered like five pairs of glasses and they all fit pretty well except for one pair. And they're pretty good about it. They're pretty good. Their customer service is really good. So I would look into that as an option. How are you about scents? Like lighting candles and stuff. Does that help you? Or not necessarily uh, lighting a candle. Like, I would say light a candle if you're, like, in your house and you need a good scent. But, like, what about, like, I guess even if you're out in public, does, like, a workspace, yeah, like, like, how it smells? I love walking into a Starbucks. <laughs> uh, Starbucks has been, I guess, a big part of my life. So a part of it just plays into that comfort nostalgia feeling where it's like, oh, I'm back. I love walking into a, any coffee shop in general. And the vibe about it just feels homey to me familiar and I can just sit down uh, zone out back when I was living with my parents this was a thing where it's like I wouldn't feel at home enough but if I would go sit at a coffee shop be like okay this feels right I can no one's gonna bother me no one's gonna come up to me just put my headphones in and get straight to work so I love I love coffee I love making coffee even if I don't need the caffeine I'll make some coffee at home now and that just helps me get into the mood, you know? Like it, it brings back certain memories of productivity. It's just getting, it's all about getting into that headspace for me. Yeah, I used to work in a coffee shop as well. Well, same one as Aline. I don't know, our paths are like way too similar. Surprised we didn't meet sooner, but I, yeah, I used to work at Starbucks as well. And I used to love, before I started working there, I used to love to go to work there, or sorry, go to edit there, like sit there and just edit because for me, when there's a lot going on around me, I get a lot more work done. Like even when I was in college, I used to go into like the most populated common areas and that's where I would work. I wouldn't go into like a quiet room and, you know, I would always go into a room where there's so much going on around me. 
um, just to be able to bring my eyes up for a second, see things going on and bring my eyes back to my screen. Like for some reason, I just worked so much more efficiently like that. And it was the same thing when I go to coffee shops. They usually they usually set the mood with music. And that's the thing. Like when you when you can choose your own music, then I feel like for me, because I love music, then I turn into a DJ and I start like trying to pick songs and, and then it just becomes more distracting. But if I go into a coffee shop and they already have music on, I can't change it. There's so many variables to the environment that I can't change. So it just helps me to focus on other things being the work in front of me. Usually their seating is pretty optimal where they want you to stay. You'll notice a lot of restaurants and areas or places these days are kind of adapting the Starbucks way of doing things. So you'll notice if you guys remember back in like the mid 2000s, even in like 2010, Tim Hortons didn't have comfortable seating. They didn't have like a fireplace with that little, you know, fireplace with that brick finish on it. Like, they only did that because Starbucks, everyone was pretty much going to Starbucks for that experience, right? So now, because Tim Hortons wants to keep people in their stores, that's why they redesigned the area to look more appealing where you would want to stay and sit there and keep drinking your coffee and working on something on your laptop or just chilling there. Um, even Wendy's did the same thing. A lot of restaurants have adapted this this way of their dining area being way more presentable and back then you would only get that in places like swish Alley or like anything that's like where you have to like really pay to be there but now your common coffee shop just has especially indie or not indie but independently owned uh coffee shops are very cozy and they have that vibe where you want to stay there for a bit yeah, I love that. I remember Tim Hortons and how it used to be, but it's definitely starting to take a lot more appeal from Starbucks and other coffee shops and just be a bit more comfortable. And when I first saw that, which was maybe like a year or two ago, I'm like, this is weird, but mm -hmm. I like it. Um, I think it's just going to take me some time to get out of the headspace that Tim Hortons is not like a classy coffee shop place. But I imagine like five years from now, all the kids that are growing up, they're going to think Tim Hortons is just fine. Yeah, we started way too bougie, so our expectations of Tim Hortons are... Yeah. We just expect... Tim Hortons used to just be that place you just walk in and out of, but now it's like, oh, they want you to stay and drink your coffee and work on your assignment yeah. on your laptop or something like that. Or people meet for, like, business meetings there now. Like, even when I would meet for consultations, before I wouldn't do... I wouldn't do um, Tim Hortons because they felt more... I don't want to say low class, but it felt like if I brought them to Starbucks, then we were going to sit there and it felt more, it felt like more the right place to go because we're going to sit there and talk for an hour. But now I could easily bring someone to Tim Hortons. So if you're looking for somewhere to work, I would go to a coffee shop. Um, it's going to be, it's a good environment just to, just to look at, but also just to smell, that kind of thing. Another random place that I used to work a lot, I used to work on a bus. I used to make a commute from Toronto to like around the GTA and I found being on the bus was awesome. Like just being able to sit there for the most part, if you're on like the go bus or a go train, it's very quiet. It's relaxing and for it was relaxing and therapeutic for me to just be on my laptop on the train and then just have that view of looking out the window and you know, it's just, it's nice. Um, yeah. I found it was nice. It was a solid hour. And that's the thing. When you know you don't have a lot of time, that's when you're going to kind of buckle down and be like, I need to get something done. So even if you're not editing in that hour, you could just be answering emails or something like that. But yeah, I would totally. I would, 
utilize the train if you can. There's this, there's this cool theory about liminal spaces, if anyone's heard of it. Um, liminal means the idea of spaces that are transitionary. So places like airports would be considered a liminal space. So where, where you were sitting is technically a liminal space too. You're going from one place to another in a bus or a train, or even when you're on an airplane. And there's something about being in a space like that psychologically that just puts me in a mood for work. I There were times where I would just go sit at Pearson International Airport just right next to the Starbucks and work there. There was something about the feeling of people coming and going that made me feel like I want to buckle down and work here. Like, it's so hard to describe because it's all psychology, but it just puts me in this headspace where I'm like, this feels good and I want to work in a space like this. I don't know what it is, but that's how I feel. Maybe some other people can relate to that. Another place I used to work, um, if you guys are at a house, if you're at your house and you can work on your roof. <laughs> okay, I I've never to, done that. I used to take my window screen off and sit on my roof. I would go there at about like four o'clock in the afternoon. If it wasn't too hot, we're from Canada, so it doesn't get hot like some places where you guys are at. I'd sit on my roof, watch the sunset, and just work. It would add, it would chill, it would chill me right out. If you guys have a beer, or if you're underage and you have like something to drink, something nice, a coffee or something. A sunny D. Kind of sunny D. Yeah. You you sitting on a roof sounds like the most '90s kid thing to do. Oh yeah, me me and Cynthia used to do that. We used to sit on uh, on my roof just outside my bedroom and just chill. We used to do that. Yeah, that's such an indie '90s movie kid thing to do. I'm a 90s kid. What do you want me to do, son? <laughs> I've just never had the experience, but it's it's so cool that you have. Or just work in your car. And a car a car for me um, makes me feel comfortable, but not way too comfortable that I can that I'm gonna get too comfortable in the car. Cars have nice acoustics. It's quiet in a way where there's not too much going on. It's not too distracting. And if you go put your car in an optimal place, go put it near an airport where you're watching planes take off. You know, somewhere where it could be therapeutic for you, somewhere where it's relaxing, um, that kind of thing. And you know what? I kind of take this back. So to a certain degree, would you be able to tell people, can you tell people like as far as you when you used to work mobile, especially when you were in Japan, what devices did you use to work and what software did you use uh, yeah. to, to kind of make mobile editing or mobile working possible? I've been trying to finesse my mobile workstation setup since 2018. Um, Adobe made um, Adobe Premiere Rush, which was a terrible software. I will trash. not recommend it. Apps, um, super trash. Uh, if, you, if you're already hating on Premiere Pro, this was like Premiere Pro, but worse. I know I'm never going to get us an Adobe sponsorship. I don't even want that. What I, was what I was using was an iPad in Japan and LumaFusion, wonderful editing software. You do have to pay for it, but you pay for it once and it's a lifetime payment. You don't have to keep paying to use it. It's not subscription based the way a lot of things are becoming now. Um, and not too long ago, they upgraded to, the, to have support for up to six tracks, both video and audio, which to me is more than enough to do any decent edit. That was what I edited on. Um, there are other apps out there. I think this is the most well-rounded one because there's other apps out there and they do like, oh, this is a special effects app and this is like uh, a music editing app. Like there's all these like little, little apps that do parts of an edit, 
but LumaFusion is the most comprehensive non-linear editor available that I really enjoy. And they're constantly upgrading it. And I just did that on an iPad. You can use it on your phone. I believe LumaFusion is also available on Android. I'm not 100% sure because I'm not an Android user, but maybe you can tell me about that one, Damien. LumaFusion is my go-to for editing on the go. Works great on the iPhone and the iPad. So there's not a whole lot of great um, editing softwares for Android, at least not that I know of. Adobe Rush is not great at all. I'm just going to put that out there. And I just want to say this, guys, just to give you some context. I had my camera. I, I He showed me this, and I was kind of in disbelief that this made sense. So he took my memory card from my full-blown mirrorless camera took an SD card reader that went into his iPhone 10 at the time and I watched him scrub through my footage like it was cell phone footage this is not an editing software where it's just like oh you're just editing your cell phone video stuff he was editing my full-blown 4k 60p 8-bit footage like he was just scrubbing through that like it was nothing can you explain to them why, like, how are you able to do that? Like, uh, the I biggest, explain yeah, the biggest reason is, yes, it's the software, but it's also Apple's hardware. They're optimizing their hardware to a point where you can use compressed codecs like H.264 and H.265. Though that's the reason your computers struggle is because anytime a new codec comes out, the hardware hasn't caught up yet. But Apple's gotten to the point where they're, they're able to crunch these codecs and it's buttery smooth. You're seeing, you're starting to see it now in their new computers and laptops where they have the M1 chips and it just blazes through footage, even though it's compressed, but um, you don't have to convert it into a ProRes for smooth editing or make any sort of proxies whatsoever. But that's why my iPhone XS at the time was able to blaze through his, I think it was H.264 footage he was telling me that sometimes he struggles to play have smooth playback on his computer are trying to go mobile and you don't want to work at home try your either an ipad an ipad pro or an iphone um it is definitely possible for me i i can't do it just because i already have bad eyesight as it is so i would have to use at minimum i'd have to use a laptop and even for me that's pushing it that's why i have my massive tv screen up in here i have good Not news for you yeah the that? newest ipad is now Thunderbolt compatible, so you can plug it right into your 43-inch screen and use that as your monitor to look at. Um, so they can finally support external displays now, like a normal computer would. Um, so you, too, can edit on LumaFusion on your big computer. That's actually really cool. I didn't even know that. And that's another thing, guys. That's another option. If you guys don't, you're kind of in between where you want to be able to have the option to work at home at a desktop, and then be able to work mobile, you can do that too, where you could have just a normal monitor, not have a computer, and then you can essentially just, when you show up at your house, you could just plug your iPad into your monitor and you essentially use your iPad as a computer. So if you use that as like a workflow, you could essentially come home and say you wanna do like detailed color grading, you can use your iPad, connect it to your monitor, and now you're color grading on your monitor but then you're like okay i gotta go i gotta be somewhere and then say you're on a set or something and you have like two three hours or you're just sitting there then you could just quickly make little edits or call through footage do some audio editing like something minor where you don't have to be dead looking at this in like on a massive screen 
Yeah, it's amazing. We're, we live in such great times. Um, the only limitation is our own discipline at this point. I know that's a big one for me. I really need to get into a routine these days. Biggest takeaway I'd say from this one is environment is a huge factor, guys. I learned that when I travel. I think we've all learned that being stuck inside during a pandemic, environments really change how you feel. So be, con be conscious of what your environment is, optimize it for how you feel and what makes you work more efficient. I think you kind of just wrapped that up. That's really a good point. So if you guys have any questions about this episode, um, if you want to know what we're using, we're going to start putting up links on our Instagram and I think we're going to get a kit page too, right? So once we have all that set up, um, you guys can check that out. It'll be on our show notes page. You can contact and talk to us through our Instagram. And if you have any questions, that's where we'll be. Yeah, and if you guys want to support us, um, any purchase you make through our kit page gives us a little bit of a kickback. We don't get a lot. Honestly, it's not much. But if you purchase anything through our kit page, um, it's usually an Amazon link. We get a little bit of kickback. It also it doesn't cost us. you anything extra. Yeah, and we get a little coffee. That's pretty much it. But <laughs> Yeah, you can feed our caffeine addiction. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to hit us up on our Instagram at the Camera Therapy Podcast. We'll see you in the next one.